Folks, welcome to a brand new episode of Trainwreck tonight, episode 255, sponsored by Outlet Liquor, New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Tonight, we have a very special guest, his first ever time on Trainwreck tonight, celebrating 20 years at WGR, Mike Shope here we go. You don't stop, you don't stop, you don't stop. You don't stop. Follow me into the great unknown where pink flamingos grow. Diet soda flows and what you take magically regenerates on supermarket shelves. The ovens clean themselves. You don't Here we go. Train wreck tonight, 255, sponsored by New York's only outlet liquor. When we got Mike Shope tonight, Maniac has been grinding for Mike Shope over the past weeks and months. You guys are both muted. That's completely my fault. I've begged Mike for come, to come onto this show for months, and of course, the first thing I do is I mute him. Mr. Shope, you have the floor. <laughs> I probably had that coming. I've muted enough people. <laughs> Mike, how quick ask are you? How quick are you with the mute button? Uh, you know, with callers nowadays, I feel like you got to be a little bit more lenient now that uh, we got kind of a, a better program in place, right? Well, I have sort of a natural instinct, maybe, to just like I, I have a panic as soon as it ceases to be interesting to me in like two seconds, less than it takes to reach to the button and change the channel. So. A lot of things I do are sort of mute, uh, rooted in that. Um, and it's not mute. It's just over. Like, we don't know who the people are. And uh, I'll talk. You know, our ratings are important to us. And I think I speak for Bulldog on that. I don't mean to sound like I, you know, we've had this exact conversation all the time. But um, we're judged by how many people are listening to us. Not calling, but listening. And um, if a few seconds goes by and... It's not interesting to me. All right, I'll do the talking. So, Mike, speaking of doing the talking, I, I, I had to call my dad before the show when we had you on. And I'm like, Dad, back in the day, I, I don't know how long ago this was, we couldn't figure out the time period. I, figure, I, I felt like I started listening to you 
before you were on GR when you were with ESPN Radio late night. Oh, right? yeah? What was the time period? When were you doing that? Because I'm like, I'm like Dad, wasn't I listening to show up like – Way back in the day, he couldn't figure out the exact years, but I feel like it definitely. You, yeah. Like, what was what was that time period? I'm I'm very excited to hear that. Um, so I was working for Adelphia October of 2000 to the summer of 2002, spring summer, and I loved it. I mean, it was it was going very well. But the one thing that I wanted that they wouldn't do for me was ESPN. ESPN had made me an offer to do overnights there. I'm like, guys, this would be a coup for us because we're fighting with GR and I could be on GR. I feel like that was a, I felt like that was a great result for the Adelphia station, but they saw it differently. And then other things happened with the company that sort of persuaded me to make the move. So it would have been summer of 2002. We just passed 20 years when I started working for then Intercom, now Odyssey, that was the ESPN radio affiliate. It, I would not have been on ESPN before that. It was probably late 02, early 03. Then my last show for them was, <laughs> so uh, a Saturday afternoon in 2006. And the Sabres were playing the Flyers at the same time. And I was on from GR broadcasting on ESPN in the afternoon. And friends of mine from work, Brad Ryder and other people were in the, it was like the, the team was as hot as, it was getting super hot. A and they were playing the same afternoon. They were watching the game in what is my usual studio. And I was talking to J.J. Redick, and I was sort of bored with it. Like, I'm not the biggest basketball guy, and I'm watching Brad and the other guys jump up and down because Mike Greer had scored the winning goal with, like, five seconds to go in Philadelphia to win 6-5. I'm like, I want to be in there. That was my last day. I wanted, I wanted to be – I wanted my Saturdays off, and I wanted to enjoy my friends. And, you know, my, my wife and I had just gotten married, so I told ESPN, like, I didn't really want to do it anymore. That was it. Wow. Okay. So 03 to 06 in that range. And yeah, I mean, that's an incredible, your last day is Mike Greer's game winning goal. But yeah, I just, I don't know. It was just weird. I remember that remember listening to you on there and yeah, I was obsessed back in the day with, you know, that Brad Ryder late show, what seven right. to 10, seven to nine fifty in that range. And then yeah, listening to ESPN radio, you know, Freddie Coleman late night too. And did you, yeah. uh, did you co-host with anybody else? Was it just you? Like who were you mainly working with at ESPN? I, I did both. I did shows with Fred shows with Doug Brown, uh, Chris Doug Moore, Brown. Yep. Chris Moore who was the devil's play-by-play -play announcer for a while. I wonder where he is now. Maybe you guys know. Um, a different Doug Gottlieb, a different co-hosts yep. on the Saturday night show. And then I would do Sunday morning uh, or overnights, but sometimes Sunday morning by myself. I'm not positive that was my last day, but I know that was the day I decided that I, I didn't want to do it. And that was like my career goal. Like I left my other job so I could get, you know, work at GR and then have a shot. At ESPN, that's where I saw myself going, and three years later, I just knew I was fine without it. Yeah, but what? It I is mean, funny like how seriously though. Sometimes you just start doing something with a goal in mind, and along the way, that journey or whatever. Yeah, you find something different. I mean, you see it all the time, Al. Oh yeah, like I said, I back in the day, those early teenage years, that's all I was doing was like late night listening to ESPN radio. Loved it. I mean, and you know, nowadays, I don't, I don't know about you, Maniac. Did you grow up listening to that as a kid to ESPN radio at all late night? Not so much ESPN radio. See, the whole thing was weird for me. I grew up because, I mean, a lot of fans don't even know this, but we'll get into it with Mike Chope here on Train Arts tonight, 255. Um, you know, I grew up in Buffalo until I was eight years old, and my parents actually moved away. I moved to the other side of the state, Westchester, New York, uh, closer to New York City. So I was in Rangers, Islanders, Mets, Yankees, uh, and, of course, Giants, Jets territory. 
And of course, this is at the time where the Bills are just starting uh, the playoff drought, if you want to age me. Um, so, you know, the Bills were kind of more of a joke to them. So it was very interesting being kind of a lone Buffalo soldier there. But yes, anywhere I could was trying to get that sports content or something that wasn't, you know, Yes Network or just ESPN, of course, on the Sports Center example. So I know, Mike, one thing we wanted to bring up, obviously, is, you know, what the Buffalo Bills now, you know, being a contender, being a Super Bowl favorite, because, you know, here at Trainwreck Sports, I mean, it's, I mean, all, all we're focusing on right now, majorly right now is, you know, Buffalo Bills pumping, pumping content as the most we can. And Maniac's been grinding, you know, going to practice as much as he can um, and getting close to the field and, uh, you know, getting those videos for us. But like, do you consider like when the Bills are, you know, a contender, is it more stressful, you know, generating content now in the media or talking bills in this current, you know, like I said, being a Super Bowl favorite? It's not stressful. It's not more stressful. It's more challenging, I would say. And I, I want to be completely forthcoming about that. I mean, I've never rooted against them, but rooting for them or sort of thinking in that direction means, okay, well, we're not going to be talking about the quarterbacks in next year's draft. We're not going to be talking about which coaches get fired. We're not going to be talking about some of the same things that are, you know, fire for sports radio. Instead, it's, you know, basically it's limited in that way. If fans are not upset about important things, they're not going to interact with you. I mean, you get different fans who want to talk about what their helmet color is and different things, and that's fine. That can be interesting and it's definitely, it definitely can be fun. But it's uh, it's a different it's a different show, and really, I'm lucky, so lucky to have Bulldog because in the last couple of years, these couple of years, and the world has changed too. We don't get very many calls; like it's very few people who even like call and then hang up. Like it's not it's not as much traffic. People will tell sort of you meet somebody and they'll be like, I can't get through to your show. I'm like, that's not true. There's no way that's true. Like there's no way somebody can't get through to us. It's easy. Um, today was a good I don't day. know. I don't know. I don't know. Dwayne goes off sometimes in the group chat, Mike. I gotta be honest. Yeah, it's he's if he's telling you he can't get through to the show, he's lying. I mean, anybody who says that is lying. I worked there, so it's it's great to have Bulldog. I mean, I can talk to him all day and many days, especially in the summer. It's very quiet on the phones, and that's fine. I mean, people tell me people I work for tell me and tell Chris, you know what what's okay and what works and what doesn't work and. They like having us talk about our lives and, you know, and the bills. So it's a great time to be a fan, maybe the greatest ever. And that means more people. And it means a different show in the bulldog. And really like, it's not, it's not intense right now. It will get there pretty soon because this is going to be a super nervous year for everybody. Uh, so it'll get there, but to your question, it's different, but it's, it's never stressful. It's, it's a, an absolute, you know, joyride having, having the show. Now you're both muted, and this could be a setup. I thought this might happen. I thought you guys might do a thing where you're both muted, and then I talk, and then you guys go away and see what no, happens. No, we're not. We're not going to leave you. So speaking, <laughs> I know you brought up Bulldog. We went and Animal Maniac just had a, a, a header up there talking about your longevity with him. How long have you been working with Bulldog now? So do you guys remember the game where Travis Henry threw a pass in Miami? Yes. That was our first our first show. Uh, or first post-game show. We might have worked on the Friday. That would have been week two or three, week three of 2003. 
So okay, so that's literally when you started. That's literally when you started at ESPN. Uh, right, right, around, maybe a year before that. It's, nice. it's in the range. It's in the range. So we wanted to ask you, you know, what goes into being able to work with someone for that long and have that steady success? Because, you know, right now, you know, Maniac and I, it's been, what, five years? How, 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 how do we get to 20? You have to like them. You guys agree? Oh, yeah. You have to like the person. I mean, when when we started together or even before that, I think it was probably considered like you had to want to fight the person you were talking like Mike and the mad dog were the model for hundreds of shows, if not thousands around the country. And those guys, I guess I've just heard this, but really not friends, you know, but they put the personal stuff in a box and then they went to work and I could never do that. I, I wanted, I was always sort of somebody who likes to work alone. And if I didn't like Chris, I would have had a terrible time. I mean, I, I needed to oh, yeah. like him. And within time, I came to really not just like him, but look up to him. And so after that, once I was comfortable having this be my professional life, uh, there was nothing more to it. It was just more if somebody was going to take over in charge of the station and want to change things than they were. But otherwise, I was going to try to make that work. And with him, it's been uh, almost 100% of the time really comfortable. And we're honest with each other. You know, if... if uh, we disagree on something. We just talk like friends, honestly, and that that's good for any two people. And he gives me a lot of freedom and license to come up with ideas. Like he doesn't, we, we never talk before three o'clock. He wants to know, he wants to find <laughs> out what I'm doing, what we're doing at three o'clock. So that I, I am grateful for that because it's good for my, it's good for my process. And I think like he, he will say, and it's said many times on the air, it makes for a better radio. We both agree. No, that's that, that's definitely that's definitely a maniac rule too. Like no text messages before like 10 a.m. or noon. Well, like, it was it was an Al rule when I just started going crazy in 2018. Oh it was messaging him every day between eight and nine a.m. Oh, but I hey, know. no, I mean you said it though, right? It's about understanding each other. It's about coming to those things. I mean, let's face it. I mean, we were doing early episodes, and you know, fans of the show know this because we talk about it on shows. But you know, Al would just get pumped up in the middle of a show. And he would just throw his shirt like against the wall. He would rip it off and throw it against the wall, kind of like Hulkamania. I mean, has like Bulldog ever done anything where even, you know, even though you love the guy and obviously he's been your partner for, you know, almost better part of two decades. Has there ever done anything that made you do a double take like that? Not in a long time. I mean, there were, I can remember vaguely remember a couple of conversations that were a little bit tense, but I think we largely see the world the same way, which helps. And most of those sort of, throw the shirt against the wall or whatever kind of moments are funny. Like we talk about how in that Dallas Monday night game, he actually stood up during the post game show at whatever time that was one in the morning and rammed his head right into the wall. Like he was just so mad that they'd lost the way they did. Like, and so I tried not to laugh. I mean, I thought <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, but no, in terms of him and me, it's almost, I can't even remember a time when it was like, we battled. No, that's awesome. And let's, let's – oh, go ahead, Minnie. Well, I was going to say real quick, lo looking back on it, was that one of the lowest post games of the drought? Well, I have to say no because, like, it was obviously going to be such good radio. Like, the, the next day, I'm sure – I don't remember anything about the next next day, but I remember I, want, I thought 
Jerron should have been fired after that. And like, that's the most sort of out there take I maybe ever had about the bills is fire the coach. They were four, they, they were and three and then they, they beat the jets and like Jerron was well-respected over, I think league wide. I don't I don't know. I don't know exactly, but I just was like, this guy has to go. How can you leave the sidelines uncovered when they're at midfield and there's five seconds left in the game? Like there's just the only thing you care about, put your defensive tech. Kansas city comes very close to this, but put your defensive tackles on the sideline. Like just do anything. He has to be fired, whatever. And just getting hot. And so no, the, the low point, whatever the low point was, would have been somewhere where it was just like mediocre, but also like, there's just, this is so boring. You know, that, that, that game was anything but boring. So, um, if I can remember it, it probably rates <laughs> as as a fun time to listen to the show, you know? Oh, Before yeah. we oh, get yeah. off the bills here, uh, obviously, Mike, uh, who do you feel is like the most undervalued uh, fantasy asset on the bills? I mean, obviously, the markets are going nuts on Gabe Davis um, with his ADP. Um, my sleeper, and it's the same way for the betting markets. I mean, I, you got to be a little optimistic about James Cook for the most part, and especially what you know we've seen in the last week or so. I love this question. And it, for me, it's an easy answer. Undervalued, it's Crowder. Because for me, it's Crowder. Because everybody has sort of dismissed him. And tell me what he's done other than be hurt for a week. Like, I think they signed him to be Beasley. And is he not? Like, we don't know. So McKenzie's been hyped. He's the perfect player to be hyped. He's undersized, he's an underdog. He's good with the media. He'll do flashy things. Everybody will love him at camp. Everybody will love him in quotes. And I got nothing against him, but his second highest target in the game last year was three. And now he's Cole Beasley, who got 110 or something. Like, not for me. Everybody's on McKenzie. Crowder has gone to, like, round 17 in underdog drafts. I mean, I don't know if that's – if I'm speaking your language. But Cook, everything about the Bills is hyped already. Diggs is wide receiver four. Allen is quarterback one. Singletary might be a good answer to this. Cook and Singletary rounds eight, nine. Davis is round four. Oh, my God, Davis. Like, you can't be in the business and not have some strong opinion about him. And now McKenzie is hyped. So that leaves – and Knox is like, oh, he had nine touchdowns. Um, Crowder, I feel – do you guys not think so? I think, like, he could start He could start for them and also still get, if he stays healthy, 80, 90 targets. And we won't remember the last two weeks. Oh yeah, I, I could I could see Crowder getting a ton of catches. Literally just quick seven, eight, nine, ten yard routes, just find the open spot in the zone. That's what his job's gonna be. There, he is gonna be open a lot this year, just like Beasley was, Maniac. And the point is so true. Like he's missed a week of practice here in the training camp when he was specifically brought in to be in a pretty big role to replace some targets. So um very um hilarious there it's just so funny everything from training camp is just a bigger story than it is turkey burgers you know the occasional fight it's it's funny it, i yeah it's an amazing feeling super bowl feeling now <laughs> yeah super bowl feeling show up gotta ask you real quick obviously bill super bowl favorites this year back in the 90s do you remember what they were like preseason i know obviously the bills in the super bowl against the giants were seven point favorites but i have no idea what futures or like spreads were like back in those years what were they going into the seasons from a favorite perspective the only time they were ever the league favorite or about the league favorite was 91, the second season after they had lost to the Giants. That year, there was no team picked on a higher tier than the Bills, if any team picked at all higher than the Bills. After they lost to Washington, they really didn't get that respect again. And it makes sense. 
Yep. I mean, you still had Dan Marino. You still had, you had Joe Montana in the conference. Uh, and, yeah. you know, Dallas and San Francisco were the so-called real Super Bowl in, in those 92 and 93 seasons. So summer of 91 was right now when they lost, but everybody loved them for everything. Everybody's crying and cheering Scott Norwood. Like they were at a point where, you know, you would have gotten in a fight if you criticized them for anything. Like, of course, they should have beaten the Giants. Of course, they were the best team. Of course, on everything. And in 91, they were great, but they were never Washington. And I still remember Steve Tasker. When I started at Adelphia, I did a weekly show with Steve, who became a friend. And he's like, the Washington team is the best team I've ever seen. And it's sort of weird, right? Like, who's Mark Rippon? And it's sort of like they're kind of a one-off team. They were bad the next year and they were terrible and then everybody left in 93. But I, I don't, I, I don't know what Aaron Schatz would say. He might have a qualified opinion on this. Like 91 Washington is an all-time great NFL team and they were kind of out of nowhere, but I, I feel like that's probably right. And so that was the ones 91 summer and this summer are the most alike. 31 years later. Wow. It's a, it's a great feeling, Mike. I've been I've been I've been hammering the bills since February. Really? Yeah. What's the best price you got? I mean, this year I'm probably plus seven fifty. I think. I mean, last year right. was last year was great. I loved getting them at what 12, 13 to one double digit odds. I mean, that was. I knew it wasn't going to get any better than that. I know that was last tell, year. Get those tell them about odds. your super system, Al. Okay, it's not a super system show but you know it is if you call it one i don't call it a super system um but yeah so long story short mike what i do is i really i don't i got really into it probably this last year where i parlay multiple championships so this year what this year what really got uh got me with the bills was the avalanche it was the third time to charm i was on the avalanche uh two seasons ago when they lost to dallas I was on the Avalanche again last year when they lost the Knights. But last year, I was also on the Knights because I knew that they were going to face each other in the second round. And obviously, the Knights somehow, I will never not hedge again, lose to the Montreal Canadiens in the semifinals. <laughs> and so then bad. this and then this year, I had a ton of tickets. with I, had, I tripled down with the Avalanche and the par, Avalanche Stanley Cup parlayed with the Bills winning the Super Bowl. So... That's what I, I love doing that. The odds are ridiculous. It's a lot of fun because you don't have to bet every like I don't need to bet the NHL every night. I got the Avalanche playing. I'm rooting for them to win. You know what I mean? Like in the playoffs, same thing. Like I don't need to. I mean, that's my team, so I ride that team throughout the entire playoffs. So that's kind of what I do. It's a blast. Um, I have a ton also uh, this year with the Mets to win the National League and the Bucks to win the NFC together. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I, I love futures. I've never made a bet like that where I've combined leagues. For me, it's sort of I love futures in every way, except that they're going to hold my money for eight months. You know, like, why do I want to why? Why is that a good ROI? Now, in this economy, maybe it's the best or maybe just not betting at all is better than doing anything else. Like you could look at it that way. But um, combining sports just extends that by like another half a year or something like that. Yeah. But I love the idea of it. Anything clever like that sounds like fun. No, it's a ton of fun. And I look at myself sometimes when I'm, you know, on DraftKings or or the Creek kiosk and I'm like, 
why do I want to lose another $35 on a six game parlay when I can just put it <laughs> when I can bet the Mets in the box, right? Like so or the the Bills win the Super Bowl. So that's the way I look at it. That $35 on whether on mound ball or something, like whether the ball will be on the mound at the end of the half inning when the bisons come off the field. And then, you know, you get a result. And if you have enough cash or bank, you can just go, go bet 70 on something if you lose. I don't know. Exactly. It's, it's kind right. of like a euphemism of actual parlay betting. So instead you have one line and then the rest is kind of just this fluffy future that, you know, you have all kinds of hope for. So very exciting there. And that's Al's super system. Some would say the ultimate super system. It's going to Outlet Liquor. Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? All right, Maniac, is it, is it time? I think it is game time. We're, we're going to talk a little bit on the savers on the other side, but post Outlet Liquor here on Trainwreck Tonight 255, it is time. Once I can get my production up here. Come on, team. Come on, interns. Go, go, go. There we go. It is time. For real or fake. Brought to you by Outlet Liquor. Okay. We are going to have Mike Shope of WGR 550 versus Degenerate Ale of Trainwreck Sports. I am going to show them or present to them a potential basketball matchup. Um, These are all out of college that took place in the last year. It is either gonna be a real college basketball matchup or it is gonna be a fake college basketball matchup, in which case the player will answer real or fake. Um, Everyone understand the rules? Yes. Sure. Okay, Al, we're gonna go with you first. Malloy College versus NC State. Malloy College spelled like lawyer Malloy, M-I-L-L-O-Y, college versus NC State, real or fake? Real. Fake. You're 0 for 1. Okay. (laughs) Mike, we're going to go out west for this one, potentially, real or fake. Stephen F. Austin against Wiley, like Wiley Coyote. W-I-L-E-Y. Did these two teams face off in NCAA basketball in the last year? Before I answer, do I go next or does Al go next? Al uh, is going to go next. Shootout style, NHL. Okay, I'll say real. Wow, playing the odds and it is real. Wiley and Stephen F. Austin did face off December 4th, 2021, as you see there. Okay, yeah, Clearly, you're not going to go two straight fakes. Oh my gosh, don't even start with me. I was going to go with all reels to, first to throw you guys, but then I thought you might be uh, too smart for that. Okay. Don't hate the game. <laughs> all right, Al. Nitron, Nitron College versus Bucknell. Nitron College versus Bucknell. Are you kidding me? Fake. That was fake. Nitrone <sighs> College is not real. You, you you know, you did want to pull the trigger on real. You were worried about the fake, but well done. Al is one for two. Okay, will it be the same story for Mike Shope here on Real or Fake presented by Outlet Liquor? The next matchup, we have, theoretically, the Portland Pilots against the Bushnell Beacons. Not the Bucknell Beacons, Bucknell, wherever they are. The Bushnell Beacons. Portland Pirates versus the Bushnell Beacons. Real or fake? Real. 
You know why I say that? Because I feel like it would be the most fun to put the graphic up with the actual logos and stuff, I, like you did for my first one. I'm gonna go. I I, th I feel like you you want to have that happen. I'm gonna say real. <laughs> I want to as a I, viewer. As, I want as, that as, as much as I as much as I do. There's no there's no respect for these Bushnell Vikings logos. It's just a basketball. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Unfortunately, but yes, it is real. Mike Mike leads two one after two rounds here. Of or, real or Portland fake. got two free throws awarded on the last play. That must have been some foul. They're up thirty. There, yes, some forty points. At the end, probably. They're probably not just dribbling it out. The last play of this game was a foul by Bushnell. And, and what's more, it was it was minus thirty nine and a half. That was for the spread. Can you believe <laughs> that's that? That's how you know about it. That's how you know about it. That's why I was screenshotting it, sending it furiously to people. Okay, Al. We got N North Carolina AT against Carver College. North Carolina AT against Carver College. Real or fake? Remember Real. four rounds here. Real. Final answer? Yeah. It's real. Yes. Carver College did face off against North Carolina AT. Wait. Was this game played? Looks like it's just scheduled. <laughs> well, I screenshotted <laughs> it before it happened. Some of these screenshots right. were, at, were at different times of recognition, but that doesn't stop him, Mike. This train never stops. Al if, gets if, on the board. It's 2-2, two, two, but you have one in the bank here. Okay, so let's right. see. If I it's lose, up. I'm looking that up. If I lose, I'm looking that up to make sure they played okay, that game and some COVID outbreak. Okay. Okay. Infamous for their upset over Michigan many years ago, Appalachian State. Did they face off against Boyce? B O Y C E? Boyce? No, they would never play them. Fake. Oh, they did play them. And they covered the spreads 68 and a half. Or no, Boyce. they didn't cover Zero the and zero? They, they were they were ready for they were really ready for that matchup, but we are tied here going into I, the final round, folks. Final round of I, real or fake brought to you by Outlet Liquor. Did you say, Mike? I guess they were rusty, not rested. Oh, very fair, very fair. Zero and okay. zero. Al, I'm ready. Did Rice? Did Rice take on Jarvis Christian? Rice. I was at that game actually. Yeah, in your brain that was fake. Rice was versus Jarvis Christian. Jarvis Christian. I know uh, a Jarvis Christian actually. This is this is gonna. I'm try, let me help you, Al. I know a Jarvis Christian. He's an offensive lineman on the Falcons uh, practice squad. So I think that's probably where he got this. I don't know if that helps me though. I mean. Uh, I really, uh, I'll go fake. It was Damn it. Jarvis Christian did take on rice. If you notice, a lot of these are at the end of conference schedule, a very ripe time for uh, the real or fake producers. Yep. Okay. So Mike oh. for the win. For the win. <laughs> overtime? For, the, for the win here, there is a sudden death overtime, which you would get if you don't get this. Would did Tarleton state. Tarleton State face off against the Southwestern Military Assemblies. Did Tarleton State face off against the Southwestern Military Assemblies? You know what? Probably not, but I'm going to say real 
because that would mean you gave me four reels and that's an amazing school name. So I want it to be, uh, I want to be fooled if I'm wrong. I'll root against myself here. I will say real because good for you if I'm wrong. Unbelievable. SW assembly, <laughs> zero and zero. Zero and zero and one and seven and 13th in the Western Atlantic. You know that is going to be a sold out matchup for sure. <laughs> Mike takes it home here on uh, the first edition of Real or Fake. Good. I'll put up a valiant effort though. Uh, Al, I'll give you the uh, the tiebreaker since you got it or since you, you actually lost. Last year in a recreational matchup in Europe, did Desert Wolf face off against Eagle Barbecue? <laughs> no. <laughs> What the Desert Wolf with the nope, they did not cover. <laughs> wow. Eagle barbecue. Eagle barbecue. That spread was really that arrow. spread was really the spread was really getting down to it. Look at the consistent quarter output from Desert Wolf though. The best thing is the green arrow. Like there was a late push yeah, for oh, Eagle sharks, Barbecue. Sharks like the better big time. The sharks were all <laughs> that's so good all right we ran late we took too much of mike's time but yeah quick, way too much time let's, let's we... do two things two things we got we got one question here we want mike to answer okay and then i want him to answer a question the potential of both the sabers and being and sabers and Bills being good for possibly as soon as this upcoming season what could that mean for buffalo and city well, the Bills and Sabres both have so much to do with morale. I mean, the the fans and the people here so identify with the sports teams as like uh, civic pride, morale, confidence, you know, self-confidence or just sort of, well, pride again in, in, the, in the area. So it could mean a lot. The Bills and Sabres are on hugely different levels for this year. I mean, the, the Bills, the Super Bowl favorite and the Sabres will finish is, is like, a few points out, really not a good season. Like it's very different. But when our sports teams wins, when our sports teams win, everybody's happier and gets along better. So if they both won somehow at the same time, I mean, I don't even know. I love it. And then on my selfish side of things, I hate to hijack the show, but can I just get a quick confirmation that you and I are best friends? <laughs> where, now you have to tell me first, where, where is that from? From this, I did well. I just consistently. This is only one example, but I consistently be like, "Oh, you know, my best friend, Mike Shope," and and you I never know. deny it. You never deny it. So I just want to get a quick confirm. No, well, why would I? But where did where did the idea come from? Well, when we when I realized the bond we had, I just wanted to make it official. It's fine with me. Uh, if you do, I just have always been curious. Like, why is he saying that? But Twitter is tough. I mean, Twitter is not knowing you very well or anybody who sort of talks to me, if I start something, then there might be 10 more people in the lobby who have something sort of like it or different. And then I have a hundred people after that. And I don't want to be in those. Like I, I stay away from that because it just keeps me up at night. So I'm, totally I'm flattered. Fair. I'm flattered. If uh, I, I believe we are friends, we met well, best at friends, the best friends. We met at opening day at the Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. I remember that. You and want to talk about fate. Wow. One of the first bets, like there were five or six of us, right? 
Zach. I think uh, yeah. I think I bet. think we were in the first handful of bets. We 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 did. We obviously didn't get the ceremonial first bet. But I walked right up to you. I told you I had the sharpest bet that anybody's ever seen, and I bet the Bills to win the Super Bowl. You know, it was probably fun. It was fun. Uh, then I did the same. By the way, I don't know if you were there, but I did the same thing at Seneca Niagara when they opened maybe a couple months later. And Ed Kilgore was one of the celebrities. Like, you know, I mean that for myself because people know Ed who were, who were there doing the same thing. And I was his intern in 1988. So I've known Ed like many, many years. And it was like totally perfect when we got done making the first bet. So it's like a Friday morning. And we're making the first bets ever at Seneca Niagara Casino, which is like, whatever. I bet $10 on the, you know, Carolina Hurricanes or something. I don't even remember. And he came over to me and I'm like, oh, this is going to be cool. I haven't seen Ed for a while. We're going to have a conversation. He's like, you know what? Are they paying you for this? Because they're not paying me for this. I'm like, are you serious? So that's what I remember about that day. He was sort of, he was, he was upset that they weren't paying him to be, to make the first bet. Who made the first bet at Seneca Buffalo Creek? Who else was there, Zach? Me and there was a couple. There were a couple of athletes, I think. There were some athletes like Peters and Braun were there. I think they were doing a yeah. live show. I want to say it was almost like a New York State gaming commissioner or somebody who was like kind of in charge of it, like you know the legislation that got it done with the community. Uh, that's what I want to say. It was I, I think I think even the mayor was there, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah, I, I bet the Bills. I bet I made a. I wanted to make it a Buffalo bet, and I bet the Bills. Hey, buddy. Uh, to win the first game, or the Bills played the Jets the first game. So this would have been 2020 season, mm-hmm. and that's the game where no fans, and it was an easy win. And so my my first bet was a win, you know, going for the home team, which you know, two X, right? That's that's an even better win yeah. when you make a popular bet and you get money out of it. Yes. All right, folks, it's time for some shout outs, sign offs. We're 20 minutes overtime here for show up. Sorry about this, Mike. I'm fine. No, my family was away. My son had a baseball tryout tonight, which makes sense because his season ended yesterday. So nobody's, nobody's been here. I got home early and have been hanging out with you guys, and now they're just back. So we're good. Uh, great news. <laughs> I saw I'm rattled. I just looked down at my phone and uh, uh, Buff Creek messaged me. Uh, Mac, we'll talk about this after the show. I can't believe it. Um, but yeah, shout outs, sign offs. I know Maniac is losing it right now. I can't, I'm stunned right now. Uh, first thing, I'm that, say, what does that mean? What does it mean? What are you going to do? So, Mike, long story short, Trainwreck Sports has been trying to work with the Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino for a long time. I, I thought it'd be a great idea to do live shows there, maybe, you know, a couple nights a week, just team up with them somehow. And literally, you got to tell this story. Right now, come on. Tell tell the tell the sixty second version of of the LinkedIn interaction. Okay, Mike. As fast as I can right now, I got somebody's name from someone who works at the creek. They said email this person or call them. And Maniac tried calling. It didn't work out. So I LinkedIn connected with the person, and then I messaged them right away. And said, hey, let's let's catch up. Quick five, 10 minute call. And then I noticed when I clicked on their profile again, it said it was pending. Like we just connected. So did that person unconnect me? They just messaged me. And I'm fired up. A LinkedIn message. What is it in regards to apologies for missing the message? (laughs) 
let's go. Here this could be the, this could be the start of something great. And it, and it, again, it's all road leading to one spot. Mike and I met at Buffalo Creek Casino, and now yes. they're contacting us during the live show. I, it's destiny. Are, are, are you saying? Hi. Are you saying that the timing is or is not a coincidence that oh. we were just talking about them? It's 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 something, Mike. I'm telling you that right now. Well, if they're watching, and we're talking about that day. And like we have to be with Al after that. That's big for you. Yes. That's leverage. Major so, leverage. I mean, this could be history in the making. I'll keep you both posted, but I love the Buff Creek and I want to do live shows there. Plain and simple. Who doesn't love Buff Creek? It's a great place exactly. to go. It's like home. It's like so, the, it's like the living room from Roseanne. <laughs> <laughs> um all right. So back to shout outs and sign offs. I gotta say one thing. Mike, I don't know if you got into the whole thing on Twitter yesterday. And if you're on this side, I'm sorry. I am done with the people that prefer 55 degrees over 85 degrees. I mean, summer uh-huh. is summer is way too short in Buffalo. And if you can't deal with a little humidity every once in a while, I mean, I just don't get it. It's literally like the shortest season. Like, we get to enjoy every season so amazingly in Buffalo. But... We're going to complain about it being too hot? Sorry, that's it. I had to bring it up. I was not a part of that. I didn't know about it. I know Zach is a staunch defender of hot weather, right? Like you're always sticking up for summer because Jeremy's got spring and you have your summer. And here, I know here uh, you are saying we aren't best friends, but you have my quick brand recognition. You casually talk about it. I don't know. I'm seeing some some BFF hood here. Oh, I don't talk a lot on social media, but I know who everybody is. So, um, you know, when your kids are playing baseball and outdoor sports, not even soccer, it has to be baseball, where like any rain messes with your plans. And, you know, we, we spent the weekend in Horseheads for a tournament, a wooden bat tournament he played in. And if it rains, like, what do you do? You're at the pool the whole weekend where they're like 15, 12 year olds in a pool that's I don't know, this big, like it's a d- disaster of a weekend. So the more nice days, the better. We had a good summer, if not great. July was really outstanding, even for July. So yeah, 55 is not the worst, but 85 is pretty good. And no, here's the deal. I'm not saying 55 is bad. I'm just saying, come on, people. Enjoy the summer. It's very rare in Buffalo. You know, it's And you it's- know what else? You know what else? There's a ton of it left. In my experience, when football starts is when the, oh, it's almost over conversation starts. When I tell my wife that I have a pregame show to do, you know, on Saturday, she'll be like, oh, already? Like, first of all, it's not Saturday. Second of all, I really don't have to do the pregame show on Saturday. It's just like the season, the preseason is starting. And that means like the opener is a month from tonight, but that doesn't mean it's tonight. So you have a long time there to get outside. I agree. I agree, Mike. Any shout-outs on your end? No, no. No, I'm very happy to have talked to you. I always like to talk about radio. Um, I wish more of the questions I get or see on Twitter were in good faith because I'm always excited, even not just willing, but excited to talk about the show and why things are the way they are Mm -hmm. and why – I say a certain thing or Bulldog does a certain thing, whatever it is, I always want to be able to defend it because I think I, I always think I can defend it. And if I can't, 
then I can say, yeah, I was terrible right there. And then maybe that can be the end of it. But they're not in good faith sometimes or often. They want to just sort of take you down a dark road and I don't even take the first step. But any chance I get to talk about what it is or why things are a certain way, I love it. It feels like we all should want to know that about each other and yep. why, how the process works, whatever, anything you care about. You, you want to have to, you want to genuinely care about it and not just pretend to. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm very happy to have uh, finally met up with you guys after all the different, because of the Blue Jays or different reasons why we didn't talk before. Um, yeah, and serious things too. But um, it's been long overdue and I'm glad I was able to tonight. No, Mike, seriously, we appreciate it. And you know what? We should start calling you guys more, honestly. I mean, we, we, we feel like we used to do it all the time, calling in. You mean the other guys from the station? Yeah, yeah, uh, we really don't, should. Don't waste your time with them. No. No, oh, come on. We need Brad Ryder. Gonna, they, we, need, what, we need Brad Ryder back on the show. That's what are what they going to tell you? Brad and I have the same birthday. I met my wife on our birthday. We went out after a show. I was with Chuck in Lockport, okay. the coach. November 7th, 2002, Brad and I had plans to meet out at Coulter Bay. So we did. We had a third friend of ours with us, Dean. And my wife was in the bar and she walked by us. And Brad said something like, I know you're having a good day, but you're not getting out of here without our talking to her. And so uh, I'm like, okay. And then Brad started, like, Brad started, he's like, it's my birthday. And we needed a fourth for golf the next day. It was supposed to be warm and nice out in November. Is that bad, Zach? Is it bad if I talk about, I reference a a warm, nice day in November? I'm sorry. But we, uh, we we started a conversation and we'll be married 18 years, October. Wow. I mean, there's nothing better than waking up at 6.37 a.m. and seeing Brad Ryder rifle off like five straight t- tweets at like 2.45 in the morning. <laughs> what is he doing? What's what he, he doing? doing? Brad, what is, what's going come on? From? Yeah. We've had so much fun together. He, I miss Brad. I haven't seen him often enough over the years, but in, in a while anyway. Awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely have to get him back on the show. And Maniac, any last words from you? No, I'm fired up, and and we gotta we gotta get Shope to a UB basketball game this year, and we can do a live yes. podcast while Brad's in the building, and it could be the best of all worlds. Yeah, we'll make it happen. Yes. And how and how great would it be to get Mike and Brad at Studio D? I mean, that would just be incredible. That reunion. I mean, is that D for, reunion is, is D for draft. Are we drafting? I've only no. done one today, so it it could be tonight, but I have other plans. Um, I don't have a draft tomorrow, but I have a show tomorrow night, the Draft Sharks Invitational, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. Then this weekend is the Expo in Canton, Ohio. So it can't be this week. Sorry. I know I know, we've Sorry. done shout-outs for the last 10 minutes, but what date is like your drafter solstice where you do like the most drafts of, you know, your season? I mean, with underdog and best ball, there were probably drafts in May or June or days in May or June where I did five. Like it, best ball is so fast. I mean, you walk in, I did, I, I signed up for one. So two o'clock today shows at three bulldog was out sick. I was, I was dragging and I'm sitting there in the studio like, all right, the puppy puppy three, $5 draft. Let's go to, to wake up. And you, you enter and I was the first one in and it has to fill and it filled in 30 seconds. Like that's what it's like now. The old mock drafts are these, $5 puppy drafts or whatever. And they're super fast. 
you sort of woke me up and you know you're thinking about players i'm writing down notes minnesota different things i can mention that are happening in these drafts what's going on like jameson crowder point all that stuff so it's like prep draft gambling all at the same time how much better can you do well that really that really stopped the stopped the show cold right there no, so I, I once again, it's it's tough. So I sometimes I thought I, I hate interrupting maniacs. Just like I hate when he interrupts me. I thought he was gonna go off and say something and nothing. Yeah, he's he done. He was muted. He's done. Muted again. So I'm like, yeah, like we said, thanks for seriously, thanks for taking the time in your evening here to to join us here on Trainwreck tonight. Sponsored by Outlet Liquor. Can't wait to have you on again. And yeah, very excited uh, for the months ahead here in Buffalo, New York. It's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. Summer's almost over, and uh, the Buffalo Bills are Super Bowl favorites. And this has never happened in my lifetime. So. Ready to roll. All right. My pleasure. Thank you both very much. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Mike. And what we say here at Trainwreck Sports, this train never stops. And good night now.